The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Hi guys, it's Gabby and welcome to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. If you're new here, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, a best-selling author and now podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking-related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and so much more. I'm also highlighting super cool companies at the end of every episode so we can support small businesses in the food world. So let's get right into it. This is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. Hi guys, happy Monday. We are coming in hot with a round of Q&A. I have an overflowing email with lots of questions. So we're just gonna get right down to it. If you have more questions, feel free to call in. You guys know the drill. Let's get into it. I hope you all had a great weekend. Let's learn some things. Hi, Gabby. My name is Jenny. I'm from Portland, Oregon. And I just wanna say thanks for your podcast. I am 52 years old. I've been cooking my whole life. And thanks to you, I'm sort of revamping things and bringing them around to cleaner eating and better healthy cooking. My son, who's in Southern California, is coming up to visit me this summer. He's 26, and I would love to do some cooking classes with him. Um, He's one of my best friends and just kind of have some fun cooking in the kitchen since we're kind of probably still going to be quarantined. I'm wondering which ones of your recipes you recommend for that. I pretty much have all the gear, so I'm not worried about anything being too outlandish. You can give me some suggestions. I would sure appreciate it. Thanks, Gabby, for everything you do. Take care. Bye. Hi, Jenny. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like so much fun. We never did any cooking classes with our parents growing up. And now I feel like I would like my dad to school me in the art of bread baking so I can have his skills. Okay, let's talk about some things. I have three ideas for you. One, I think it would be really cool to teach your son and you guys do like a fun DIY grilled pizza situation. That way, if you want to make homemade dough and like experiment with yeast, go for it. Otherwise, buy it from the store. But I think the grilled barbecue chicken pizza, which I'll link below in the show notes, is great because it'll teach you about like par baking the crust on the grill, how to grill pizza dough, and then you can load it up with all sorts of fun toppings and grill and eat it. I feel like that's also like a cool you know, it's just like a great recipe to share. Another one I think is amazing because it's like a bunch of different things in one recipe is the flank steak burrito bowls on What's Gabby Cooking, which again, I will link below, but that way you can do like a steak marinade and grill the steak. You guys can make like the seasoned rice mixture and then have all sorts of different toppings from homemade pinto beans, charred corn, guacamole, different kinds of salsa, cheese, if you want hot sauce, all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's a fun DIY adventure you can do with your son as well. And then like might as well throw a dessert in there as well. In my mind, I would do like a 
crisp or a cobbler or something like that. Those are both impressive desserts yet super easy. So when he comes back to Southern California, if he wants to like really wow all of his friends post quarantine life, I feel like like the blackberry peach crisp on my site would be amazing. And that's a recipe that he can take for the summer and then transition it into fall and winter with different kinds of fruits as well. So that would be my guess. I love this idea of cooking classes with your kids, though. I think everybody should do that. That sounds so special. Hi, Gabby. This is Brianna from Des Moines, Washington. I just want to thank you for this amazing podcast and all of your recipes for helping get us through quarantine. My question for you is about pizza dough. So like seemingly everyone else, I've made a sourdough starter in quarantine and have recently become obsessed with the pizza crust recipe from Tara at Baker Hands. I know you often par-bake your pizza crust on the grill and then take it off, add your toppings, and finish it on the grill. And I guess my question is, could I freeze that par-baked pizza crust like the kind of cardboardy or bully pizza crust from the grocery store and then either save it for later or in this case, ship it to my parents in Eastern Washington so that they can have delicious homemade pizza crust on the grill and just add their own toppings. So can I make pizza crust, par bake it, and then freeze it to use for later? Thanks so much. Hi, Brianna. Yes, I believe you can. Okay, so let's talk specifics. First of all, I'm jealous that you have a great sourdough pizza recipe because Thomas made one and it was not It wasn't excellent. So like I need to try yours. Yeah. So when we're making pizza dough on the grill, like we just talked about in the last question, normally what I do is par bake it. So I oil it on both sides, roll it really flat, put it on the grill and par bake it for like, I don't know, two minutes on each side, just so it starts to like really firm up. And that way you can easily flip it, do the other side, take it off the grill, load it up with ingredients and put it back on the grill if you are making it at home. I think, A, it's a brilliant idea to par-bake or par-grill pizza doughs and freeze them for yourself, for your own use. Like, I don't know why I've never thought of that before, and I absolutely plan on doing that this weekend because you're a genius. As far as overnighting it to your parents, yeah, I think that's fair game too. I probably wouldn't, I would probably cook it almost in its entirety. Like, I wouldn't par-bake it. I wouldn't want it to still be doughy a little bit. I would want it to be pretty well cooked so then you could wrap it up, bubble wrap it, pop it in a box and ship it. I would also say, like, overnight or two-night it. Like, I don't... I know you're you're both in Washington, so it's going to be easy to get there, but I don't think it should sit outside of the fridge or freezer, like in a mail truck for an extended period of time. But yeah, I think you could totally do that. Great idea. You're clearly a better daughter than I am because it's never even crossed my mind. (laughs) Hi, Gabby. This is Shanna calling from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thanks so much for all you're doing during quarantine To um, I love the podcast. I've been keeping up on the blog. I've got your new cookbook. I'm cooking my way through it. My question is something that might be hard. I'm not sure if you can answer this on a podcast. Maybe it's something for your culinary school. And I did look there and I didn't see it. But I am wondering if you have any tips or tricks for prepping cilantro and parsley specifically. I just feel like it's really hard to get the leaves off the stems. I'm not sure how much of the stem you can really have. I've done Ina trick 
um, you know, where you kind of use a knife to sort of shave them off. I still feel like I end up getting a lot of stems and I'm just not sure how much stem is okay for either of those. I feel like it's definitely a bigger problem with cilantro. I really hope your answer isn't going to be that I have to pick off every leaf. Um, I will do it if I have to. I did it for your hummus and it was really good. I peeled every chickpea. But any tips that you have for that would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. Look forward to all the next ones coming up. Hi, Shanna. No, that's not my answer. You do not have to pick off every leave. Don't you worry. And I will just say Ina is queen, but like I don't really love the shaving off of the herbs either. I'm going to run through a bunch of different herbs just so everyone else that's listening has the rundown. So for parsley, dill and cilantro, you do not need to pluck off the leaves. The thin part of the stem, which is the top, the part towards the top, it's totally edible, totally delicious, and you can just chop it off. So as long as it's thin and like you're not going to be gnawing on it while you're chewing, you're fine. Just chop it off and discard the thick bottom parts of the stem. Then you can chop up those leaves and those really fine stems and like put them on top of a burrito bowl, whatever, whatever you're using, pasta, you get it. For mint, basil, and sage, you got to pick off the woody stems and then you tear the leaves into pieces. I don't love chopping basil. I would rather tear it. I just feel like chopping basil bruises it and then it's not as flavorful. So just something to think about. And then two more groups for chives. Chives are just fair game. Like you chop up the whole thing anyway. So you just want to make sure you have a really sharp knife and then run your knife through it. So you get either really fine slices of chives or a little bit thicker. And then lastly, for a little bit more tougher herbs like thyme, rosemary, oregano, and tarragon, you just want to quickly strip the leaves of their stem. So you hold the sprig at the top or the bottom and then pinch the stem with your, um, I'm looking at my fingers while I'm trying to teach you this, your thumb and your pointer finger and kind of like pull it up the stem. So you pull off all the leaves and then you can use those to chop up and mince to the desired size. So not to worry as far as cilantro and parsley goes, you don't have to pick off each one, but I will tell you having been in the studio for many years when we shoot, sometimes we do that. (laughs) Anything for food styling. Am I right? Hi, Bobby. It's Joanna calling from Northern Virginia. I am a new fan of yours. Thanks to my daughter who introduced me to your podcast during quarantine. I hope they don't go away after quarantine because I'm so enjoying them. Your recipes have been bringing my family together, both the chefs and the eaters. We have teenage boys. Two questions for you. I've been making your vinaigrettes. I love the fresh ingredients and the use of the fresh herbs. I've been keeping them in the fridge. But I have a question about the vinaigrettes. They solidify in the fridge, and they make them not quite as user-friendly when you want a quick salad. What do you do to bring them back to room temperature? It seems sort of weird to heat them in their microwave. Any advice on this? Also, on the topic of herbs, I have an herb garden and have a huge amount, for some reason, of sage as well as oregano. Both are herbs I haven't heard much about on your podcast. Are they? Is it because they're more wintry for winter recipes? What recipes in the summer or other uses can you suggest to help me use up these beautiful fresh herbs? Thank you. Bye. Hi, Joanna. Great questions. Let's get right into it. Part number one, how do you bring a vinaigrette that's been in the fridge back to room temp so it's really easy to pour? Um, The reason it's not easy to pour right away is because when you put olive oil or any kind of fat in the fridge, it solidifies and it's not easily like pourable as a salad dressing or something like that. So what I actually do is if 
by some stroke of luck, I managed to think about dinner two hours before I'm actually making it. I'll take it out and just let it come to room temp on the fridge. Sometimes with the vinaigrettes, I I add like a little extra olive oil, a dash of water, and just thin it out a little bit. Most times I do not think about dinner more than 10 seconds before I actually start cooking. So I do actually put it in the microwave for about 10 seconds. And that isn't going to cook the garlic or the herbs or anything in it or change the flavor. It's just really going to make the olive oil come back to room temperature quickly. Like literally I'm talking 10 seconds, nothing crazy. And that way you can then run a fork or a spoon through it, whisk it up a little bit, and it's easier to pour. Okay. Now that that's out of our way, let's talk about sage and oregano. So sage is a strong flavor and a little bit goes a long way. It's delicious. And typically the reason I don't think you see it on a lot of recipes on what's got to be cooking is it, it goes really well with like pork and beef and duck and chicken and fatty meats, which we don't do a ton of, but it's delicious. My favorite way of using sage is to melt it with butter or olive oil and just get it really fragrant and toss it into pasta or gnocchi or vegetables or something like that. It has a really nice, it it honestly makes me feel like I'm in Italy. So I say do that. And if you are making something like pork, you could make a little brown butter with sage, pour it on top. That would be delicious. It's also really good with chicken. I will say if you're roasting a whole chicken, take a like a fat handful of sage and shove it in the chicken carcass. Oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. And as far as oregano goes, I think the cop-out answer most people would say is you just throw it on top of pizza, which is totally true. It's great on pizza and you'll find it like that at many pizzerias, you know, back in the day when we used to go out for dinner. <laughs> Don't remember what that was like, but it also is so good in vinaigrettes and sauces and dry rubs. It's super, super versatile. So I like to put it on pretty much everything. It's great on fish. It's really good over melon. It's good on cheese. I put it in a grilled cheese randomly the other day. The chicken thighs on my website, which I'll link in the show notes. You, If you're like making any sort of chicken dish and you just throw a sprig of oregano in the olive oil or cooking oil that you're cooking it in, it's going to infuse so much flavor into it. The tomato confit from my last cookbook does really well with some oregano in it. Let's see. I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, Greek salads. meatballs, and Italian dressing. There's so many ways to use oregano. It's really, really user-friendly. Like I would say, when in doubt, add oregano. You're not going to mess it up. All right, guys, let's talk about a super cool company I literally just discovered, I don't know, like four days ago. It's called Kirsch Baking Company, K-I-R-S-H bakingcompany.com. And it is cookie deliveries across the nation. So randomly, you know, like as thank yous for doing things, whatever, for my birthday, people send treats, mostly cookies because they know that's what I love. And last week, as you saw on Instagram, I got two. One was LA only. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into that because most of you are not in Los Angeles like me. The other one, this one, Kirsch is shipping nationwide and it is incredible. It's this husband, wife team, both from a culinary background, and they are making bomb cookies. Like they've got the OG chocolate chip. They've got snickerdoodle. They've got lemon poppy. They've got vanilla lavender. They have everything. If you love nuts in your cookies, they've got those too. They've got cherry almond, well, double chocolate chip, Rocky Road, coconut joy. 
There's so many things. If you, for some reason, didn't send your dad a Father's Day gift, this would be a good, <laughs> this would be a good way to make up for that. I sent some to my father and I also ate all the ones that were sent to me. So check them out, kirschbakingcompany.com. They're amazing. And this company just came about because of quarantine. Like they both got furloughed from their jobs and started this. So more power to them for being innovative in a very weird time. All right, that's it. All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine episode. Be sure to tune in for new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. If you have any questions you want answered, give us a call at 1-888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you know a super cool small company that you want to be highlighted, let me know in the voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out my website, whatscobbycooking.com. See you guys very soon. Bye.